And hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Jose, and I'm grateful to be here with you guys for the day. So before we get started, you guys know we always have to do our announcements like we always do. So if you guys aren't following us on our Facebook page, be sure to follow Wild Bianos at Facebook.com. It's a great way to stay a part of the Wild community, be a part of the Wild family. Um, if you guys have any questions that you want me to answer live, if you go to the link on the Facebook page listed below, I can answer your questions live while the show going on. It could be a matter of multitude things, whatever you want to ask me. Um, we also do special shout-outs. That's also included in that as well. And the same deal goes around. The merch store is still in the work. We're in the work on our Twitter as well. And when all that comes out, we'll let you guys know when all that's going live and whenever all that going on. Good stuff. Um, and the last thing, the last announcement is if you guys followed us from the last episode, you would know that we were talking about doing something on Twitch or something. Well, that idea may not be going through partly because um, I just don't want to do it. <laughs> you know, like I'm just, I'm just going to be kind of upfront with y'all. I just don't want to do it. Um, at first, I thought the idea was good, and I looked at the game, and I'm just like, I mean, it seems like a good game to play by myself solo. I don't really think it's a Twitch thing that needs to be done. Um, and, oh, yeah, there's one more. Um, be on the lookout Sunday. Um, we'll have the schedule for the month of October up for what we're doing on Wednesday. Um, we'll probably, we're looking at trying to do, like, Halloween type of theme, so probably some animals that are kind of spooky or creepy or something to do with Halloween in some way, shape, or form, so... We'll call, you know, we'll have a spooky time with that for October. But um, I hope you guys are ready for the day because we're going to be learning about Peregrine Falcons today. So we'll have a quick break with this announcement, with this ad, and we will be right back. Hey guys, this is Jose from Wild About Animals. Um, I just wanted to throw this in and be like, if you guys have any requests for any future podcasts, make sure you leave them on Facebook and then I'll make sure I'll put them on a list and I'll let you guys go over there. Back to the show we go. All right, guys, we're back, and I hope you guys are ready to get started. So we're going to dive right in. So like I said before, we are talking go- – <laughs> sorry. We're going to be talking about peregrine falcons. Now, the name peregrine means wanderer or pilgrims, and obviously falcons are a species of birds of prey. Think of a eagle, just a little bit smaller. And it's funny enough that the peregrine falcon actually – the name means wanderer pilgrimage because pretty much these birds are found every continent – except Antarctica and a lot of the Oceanic Islands. But they're pretty much scattered around the globe. They're widely distributed. They live in, you know, the forest, plain lands. They live in the cities. They're actually one of the most successful birds of prey to actually live in cities because, obviously, when you get a bunch of cities, you get people. People attract animals, like, especially in New York, you get a lot of pigeons. And, you know, the falcons have probably figured out that this is a great hunting spot and probably, you know, survive eating the pigeons that, you know, eat the food that we drop on the ground. So, but these guys have been very successful, you know, even though there was a time where, you know, their numbers were very scary, but we'll get to that in just a second. Um, but like I said, they're pretty well distributed across the globe. Now they're about the size of a crow. Um, they have this usually blue gray type of color with a white underbelly and usually their head's always black. Um, and a lot of bird species, sometimes females are actually bigger than males. Um, if you guys remember, I think in our owl video, I think I said the very same thing. But in these peregrine falcons, um, females are always bigger than the males. Um, usually, though, um, there's been cases where that hasn't happened. But normally, nine times out of ten, the females are usually the bigger of the species. 
or the genders, I'm sorry. Now, the thing that the Peregrine Falcon is probably known for, and if I asked you guys this question, I would wonder if you guys could actually tell me. If someone walked up to you and they said, what is the fastest animal in the world? Nine times out of ten, people would say the cheetah. And technically, they're not wrong to a point. The point of the matter is, is that, yes, the cheetah is the fastest land animal. You know, it's one of, it's the fastest land animal, you know, in the world. You know, cheetahs can hit a max speed of a 50 of 80 miles per hour. However, when you say the fastest animal on the planet, the peregrine falcon absolutely dominates him. And the way that this happens is when it dives down and starts hunting for food. Now, when I say hunting, I'm about to explain to you exactly what I mean. So pretty much how the peregrine falcon hunts is it'll sit there and it'll watch. It'll see a bird flying. So what this peregrine falcon will do, he'll go up and fly above it. Above it's the way it can't see it. And then he will stoop down at a speed of 242 miles per hour. And he will hit this bird. He'll either grab it with his claws or just bite it with it, you know, and bite through the neck and kill it. And with that much force coming down at that speed, you know, it's pretty much dead, whatever he does this to. And he can do this from like 300 to 3,000 feet in the air, which is pretty impressive. But that's pretty much where the speed comes in once he starts diving down he hits two like i said oh you know sometimes they can go even faster than that in fact funny enough you would think that with the peregrine falcon going down this fast that maybe it would run out of oxygen it would mess up you know something would hurt well the peregrine falcon's body has been designed to survive this very high pressure it's basically its nostrils have been designed to create shock waves you know to create the air to stop the high pressure from damaging their lungs and their design their body shape is actually designed to do these types of dives and then strangely enough you know because of the way it does this it actually inspired the design of some of our very first jet engines which we you know we should probably thank our peregrine falcons for you know a lot of our popular jet engines today um but like i said before you know peregrine falcon per peregrine falcon sorry peregrine falcons their diet normally consists of birds, majority of the time is birds, and they eat a mass variety of birds. They, it's over like 400 species of birds that they will actually prey on, and that's pretty impressive when you think about it. Um, they've been observed killing things as small as hummingbirds, from crows to, you know, robins, cardinals, even birds as like sandhill cranes, which are pretty big birds that they'll actually tackle, you know. And they haven't seen to even attack or try to eat bats, and they will sometimes prey on fish and rodents as well. But their diet primarily consists of birds. Um, but even though these guys are pretty apex predators, when you look at it from, you know, me saying that earlier, the thing about it is, is that these guys are also, you know, they get, you know, they have predators as well. Bigger raptors like great horned owls and eagles and even other peregrine falcons can attack the peregrine falcon and obviously kill it, you know, for prey or steal its food from it. Because it's been very documented that raptors, and if you recall from our owl video, if you want to go back to that, if I say raptors, I'm not talking about Jurassic Park raptors. Um, birds of prey are sometimes called raptors. So if I say that, that's what I mean. 
Um, anyway, so with all these things, you know, with these with the Peregrine Falcons being these great apex predators with the body design to dive at over 200 miles per hour at a prey item, you know, you would have to think, well, do they have great vision? Their vision is actually eight times better than our own. They can see prey moving in the distance. They also have a third eyelid to protect their eye, which is also another way, like I told you before, to protect them from when they're diving. You know, it kind of spreads the tears and clears the debris without really obstructing their vision. But studies have shown that they have the best vision when they're turned at like a 40 degree angle. The overall, peregrine falcons do have good vision, probably excellent vision if you ask me, and they have to have that because they probably have to keep track of what their prey is doing and where it's going as well. Now, when we go into the peregrine falcon social life, just like a lot of raptor species or birds of prey, they mate for life. Um, pretty much both parents help incubate the eggs, but majority of the time, it's mainly the female. Um, but males have been shown to help during the day. And then once the eggs hatch, it's both parents' responsibility to help feed the young until they're old enough to go fend for themselves or go make, you know, find their own home or whatever. But it's definitely a, a two-parent deal because both parents take responsibility in raising the young and protecting them and feeding them. It's not just one or the other. So I thought that was a really cool fact to add now. The thing that I stated before when I said that the numbers of peregrine falcons kind of dwindled at a point is because of something that was human-made. Um, but this has kind of happened before. Um, pretty much there was, if you guys have heard of pesticides um, such as DDT, um, back then farmers used pesticides to kill very in invasive pests. Mainly bugs were the main one who were attacking crops and destroying crops or small rodents or whatever now this was successful but then people started noticing that birds like falcons and eagles started just showing up dead all the time and they couldn't figure out why and then finally it came to the point because see with the ddt it spreads on the crops and then rodents or some birds would eat the crops. They would have the DDT inside them, and then birds of prey like eagles and peregrine falcons would eat these animals and die from the exposure. Not only that, if they did survive, it would also not just affect them, it would also affect their eggs to the point where the eggs were too soft and they wouldn't develop correctly, and the mother would sometimes crush the eggs on accident because the eggs weren't as hard as they were because of all this exposure to this DDT or these pesticides. And the numbers just started dwindling and dwindling down. But thankfully, when people started figuring out countries started banning the usage of this one country after the other, it took some, some time to finally finish banning all of this. But eventually, because of the ban of this, and not only that, because thankfully humans have been using falcons and hawks to hunt animals for thousands of years, training, you know, profession, you know, training these animals to hunt and, you know, become, I guess the word is like to start the process of breeding them in captivity and then releasing them into the wild. Thankfully, though, with the assistance of humans, peregrine falcons' numbers have been on the increase. Um, they're not critically endangered. They're not endangered. You know, they're threatened may be the closest thing you could probably say about them, but they have definitely have been keeping their momentum going and definitely keeping the numbers up. So that's a good thing.
one of the coolest things you'll probably ever see because you would never think you would see a falcon do that, especially how fast they do it too. So that in itself has was a really good in you know, like I said, go to YouTube and you can go find it yourself. Now the question of the day is how do you think that you guys can help the Peregrine Falcons? Well, there's multitudes of ways that you guys, and we've said this time and time again, you can always go support charities that work to protect them. You know, donate, sign petitions, you know, spread the word about the conservation efforts of these great animals. If you see any crimes like someone taking eggs or shooting these things, report it to your local wildlife expert. They can help you with that. They can take care of it, you know, but just don't do anything that might get you in trouble. And a better thing that you can do is if you want people to know more, spread the word, give them this podcast, you know, go research your own thing and then go show people and say, hey, look what I learned today. Because I want all of you to know that the littlest detail and the littlest bit can help any animal in need. You just have to take the time and just do what you can because every little bit counts. And when I mean that, even what I do. You know, it helps out just as much as anything else. Um, But I want to say, you know, that's pretty much the end of that spiel. Um, This is pretty a short one um, today um, because, you know, a lot of information on peregrine falcons, it was kind of kind of the same across the board. (laughs) So there really wasn't a lot to go on today. So this was going to be one of our shorter podcasts. So hopefully, you know, the next couple will have a lengthier one than this. But. I do hope you guys enjoyed the show, and I hope you all are having a great day, a great rest of your day, and I hope that you all are safe, well, and healthy, and I will see you guys next week, and remember, stay wild.